0: Hi, this is Dr. Mini Malhotra and welcome to The Better Prescription. As a physician, I've always wanted to help and guide people and that there is a better way of taking care of the health away from prescriptions and procedures. And this podcast is a tool that will help and guide you to a natural root cause approach, which can not only prevent disease, but also reverses them if not to advance. Uh, This podcast is not uh, a substitute for medical advice. If you're looking for medical advice, seek a licensed medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional medicine practitioner, you can go to the website ifm.org and look for a functional medicine practitioner close to you. Or you can visit our website anchorwellnesscenter.com for more information. Today, I'm going to talk to you about a very important test that I often do in my practice when someone is having a lot of digestive issues or headaches. Or even sometimes vague symptoms. So, I like to assess the gut health. So, when you're assessing the gut health, there are two tests which I usually do. One is the Vibrant Gut Zoomer or the GI Eval by Genova and what do these tests actually check? So, they check for dysbiosis. So, dysbiosis is a term for microbial imbalance or maladaptation So, as a part of the human microbiome, the gut flora can become imbalanced, in which key beneficial or commensal species become displaced by less favorable or more inflammatory bacteria or other microorganisms. And common features of dysbiosis, it it increases in harmful microbes, low diversity, decrease in beneficial microbes, decrease in beneficial bacterial metabolites, increase in harmful bacteria metabolites, and associated with disease conditions, increased inflammation, and gastric permeability. So most bacteria are classified into two broad categories, gram-positive and gram-negative. The distinction are based on the cell wall composition and reaction to the gram stain test. And both categories of bacteria have cell walls made of peptidoglycan, but the gram-negative also have lipopolysaccharide, LPS, on their outer membrane. And this LPS is, protects the bacteria from harmful substance. It's also a bacterial toxin. And overgrowth of LPS-producing bacteria such as proteobacteria can promote inflammation, especially when LPS is able to cross the intestinal epithelium in excessive amount due to increased intestinal permeability or leaky gut. So what are the important bacteria groups that are tested? One is the lactobacillus which is 1% of the microbiome. It converts sugar into lactic acid. It uh, contributes to the health of the intestinal lining. It helps balance the gut immune system and it protects against many pathogens. It feeds on certain fibers. It responds well to red polyphenols like red grape, wines, pomegranate, curcumin, garlic, apples, cocoa, Intermittent fasting practices can increase abundance. So there are many ways you can increase. The next is Bifidobacterium, which makes up to 1 to 15% in adults and 0 to 95% in infants. And this also has similar, you know, protective actions. And it thrives on variety of fibers like oligosaccharides, phytonutrients. It responds well to blueberries, apples, red wine, pomegranate, coffee, Another one very interesting group is Ackermansia that is less than 1 to 3%. This reduces inflammation and protects from inflammatory bowel disease and higher levels of this is associated with high diversity. The other one is Streptococcus and many Streptococcus species are not pathogenic or they do not cause disease and some could be. The other group is Clostridia is 10 to more than 50%. It has some positive effects. It produces butyrate and secondary bile acids. It also thrives on high fiber diet. It needs phytonutrient. And clostridium is, uh, you know, it has other species in that. It could be pathogens. So it can produce some metabolites which can negatively affect the brain and nervous system if you have the bad kind. So you can do like an organic acid test to determine if there is any elevation of clostridium metabolites. The next is bacillus. This is a spore forming bacteria. It is found in the soil and it's certain species produced like vitamin B 2 It increases butyrate and other short-chain fatty acids which are essential and there are many other you know good bacteria like proteobacterium and archaea. The opportunistic microbes are proteobacteria, colincella, disalvo, fibrio, Enterobacteriaceae, Helicobacter, Methano, Methanobrevibacter and Proteus. So you actually come to know the different kind of bacteria and you know to the diversity. So one of the most common features of gut microbiome dysbiosis is low diversity and two main factors richness and evenness help quantify the diversity. Species richness refers to number of different species in a certain niche. Okay so That's really, really important, and there are two indices which measure that: the Shannon's index and Simpson's index. So, the gut health assessment. Many factors can have an impact on the outward symptoms of a patient may be having regarding to their gut health. So, when we decide to order a gut tumor, we keep in mind it is good practice to get the following information. We want to know how many antibiotics you have taken over your lifetime. Have you been? Have you been in the last five years? Have they? Had antibiotics following any surgery for, or for acne? Have you had their gallbladder removed? How is the gut health of their parents? Did their mom or dad receive excessive, have excess gas problems? Having a bowel movement, heartburn, loose tolls, abdominal pain, diarrhea? Do any of the siblings have gut issues? And have they had a fairly traumatic or last stressful events or a series of stressful events in their life? Uh, Do they take more than one prescription medication? Have they taken PPI? Do they have history of alcohol abuse? And the symptoms like heartburn, nausea, abdominal pain, bloating, constipation, excessive gas. So the lifestyle factors to improve the microbiome is eat whole foods. Don't eat unprocessed, you know, uh, don't eat processed food. Eat unprocessed, organic, non-GMO, prebiotics, fibers and herbs, probiotics, fermented foods. You can consider intermittent fasting. Limit the refined carbohydrates. Eat healthy fats like omega-3s, undefined plant-based oils, organic animal fats, no processed vegetable oil, no trans fat, moderate amount of protein, mixed plant and animal sources. Have regular physical activity, not excessive. Support detoxification practices with liver, support exercise or saunas, optimize your sleep like hygiene and stress management and hydrate with clean filtered water. So there are many prebiotics you can take and they are like artichoke, asparagus, onion, garlic, banana, chickpeas, apples, jicama, leeks, resistant starch, lentils, oats, almonds, flax seeds, roots, certain roots. And there are certain herbal prebiotics like trifala, aloe, licorice root, slippery elm, marshmallow root, chicory root, burdock root, dandelion, they all help. Many prebiotic foods with high polyphenol listed in this list is also could be high in FODMAPs like fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and and polyols and could cause digestive discomfort. And some people who have IBS, like irritable bowel syndrome or SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, can have increased grass, bloating, abdominal pain or heartburn. So you have to take that in consideration. You need to eliminate, you know, these foods and also repair your digestive system. So uh, there is a FODMAP You can also take probiotics in the form of fermented foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, kefir, yogurt, lassi, natto, miso, tempeh, fermented pickles. You can take it in supplement form and this can play a vital role. The gut health test actually can provide individualized probiotic recommendation for each disease state and you can actually get it customized by your provider. Uh, Polyphenols also are really important. They help promote good bacteria. And you can get it in, you know, plants and they really promote healthy uh, gut bacteria there in vegetables, fruits, and also certain, you know, mostly a, a lot of colored fruits and vegetables you can get these polyphenols. So you can also check the inflammatory markers like calprotectin, lactoferrin, beta-defensin-2, lysozyme, mmp 9 isnophil protect isnophil-protein-X, You can measure markers of digestive insufficiency like pancreatic elastase, meat fiber, vegetable fiber, fat malabsorption. You can do the bile acid metabolites you can check. You can check short-chain fatty acids and beta-glucuronidase, other markers like secretory IgA, any blood in the stool, the pH of the stool, the zonulin, gliadin, so a number of things. So the innate immune system, the gut plays an important role in maintaining a fine balance between the commensal bacteria and immune system response to pathogenic bacteria. So it is very complex system and dysfunction of any component can lead to development of intestinal disease. Like they have certain mechanical barriers like mucous layer, epithelial cell wall, intestinal motility, you know, and as I listed a number of them. So antimicrobial peptides, you know they are innate antibiotics that are produced by these epithelial cells, and they help in uh, you know maintaining balance and homeostasis in the GI microbial ecosystem. So there are many things that you can actually uncover, which you know will tell you a lot of different reasons why your gut could be inflamed. It could be due to an infection, pathogen, parasites, yeast, chronic NSAID use polyps. It could be due to dietary aggravates, food sensitivities, lifestyle factors. It could also be due to, you know, it could also point towards getting a genetic history for inflammatory bowel disease or colorectal cancer. So markers can be unearthed and you can get a lot of information from this this test, which is really, really important for gut health. And also it connects to, as you know, your gut is connected to your brain and many other Organs. So, in, in short, that getting a, you know, a gut health test or a gut zoomer or a GI eval test could give you a lot of information about your overall health in general. So, this is a very common test that I do for, for many of my patients, and it really helps them in many ways to get to the root cause of their disease. So in short, this is one of the key tests that I use regularly in the practice. So if you're looking to resolve your gut health issues or you're looking to connect it with anything like I have a migraine patient who had a bad, poor gut health, someone with anxiety, depression, sleep disorder, they all could have some problems in the gut. And this test can really give you a lot of information in that sense. So that's all I have for you today. I hope this information was helpful. I'll talk to you again next week with another topic. Send your questions to Dr. Mini at anchorwellnesscenter.com and share this with your friends and family. And if you're looking to resolve your chronic health issues without away from prescriptions and procedures, you can look into functional medicine as a root cause approach that will really, really help you. Take care and have a great rest of your day.